Welcome to Help You Help Me, the podcast where I ask you, the listener, for advice on my everyday life. And in return, I will give you advice on yours. That's if you have any questions. The podcast email is helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com on Twitter, H-Y-H-M underscore pod. Uh, help you help me podcast across all the other socials. Um, and uh, I know I shout out Vero and then Vero was in the news uh, last week or the week before because the person that runs the company was accused of you know not paying workers in Saudi Arabia. And to that I say, those of you who have gotten at me about shouting out Vero uh, and who have not deleted your Facebooks, uh, I'm going to need you to have several seats to the left of the box of your stuff to the left. Anyway, um, welcome back, guys. Um, it's been a really weird last couple days for me. Um, and by weird, I mean that, um, you know, the past three days have been uh, pretty anxiety-ridden for me. I... I, I talked about this on the show before I, I suffer from anxiety and depression um and uh the last three days have been pretty bad uh i'm not sure why it just comes out of nowhere a lot of times and it hits me like a ton of bricks and getting up to record this podcast today it, it's almost four o'clock in the afternoon and it's the first time i've gotten out of bed to do anything besides use the bathroom um and honestly the only reason why i did that is because i've been I've had the covers over my head and I've been, you know, watching YouTube videos <laughs> until until my phone almost died. And so I said, well, I might as well charge my phone and get up and do a podcast. Um, so I apologize if this podcast seems a little sullen or I seem a little out of sorts. Um I, I don't have all my wits about me. I have not had all my wits about me for about three or four days now. So um, I do my best to, to work through that, to work through the feeling. Um, uh, it's it, it, it's it, it feels terrible, guys. <laughs> if you don't suffer from anxiety, if you've never suffered from anxiety, um, I, I, I assume most of us have suffered from depression in one way or another, but... Um, you know, having an anxiety attack, um, is not something that necessarily happens, um, for, you know, a short period of time. It can be, you know, days or weeks on end. Um, and a lot of people don't know what the feeling is until they're diagnosed with it, but I'm very familiar with the feeling and it does not feel great. Like it, it feels bad. <laughs> um, and this is not the way that I would have uh, liked to spend my day off, but this is what it is. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think a lot of it stems from um, probably work stuff. Um, in, in, in the words of the great American poet Jay-Z, I'll fuck up a good thing if you let me. I'll leave it at that. But... Um, Anybody out there listening who suffers from uh, depression or anxiety, uh, please know that you're not alone. And a lot of times it feels like you are, you're like you're alone in the world and you're not. I suffer from it as well. I'm suffering from it um, currently. <laughs> um, 
and, and I have to force myself to get up and move around, um, although I don't think I will be leaving this apartment until it, it is absolutely necessary for me to do so. So, um, but, you know, much love to everybody out there who is uh, coping and who is trying to get through, you know, their own struggle because it's not fun, but I'm going to try to make the rest of this podcast as fun as I possibly can. Um, so it's going to, uh, be a couple of things. Now, I think I talked last week about addressing some of podcast listeners and some of their, uh, some of you know, their reactions to the podcast and subjects on the podcast and that sort of thing. And we will get to that. Um, but I really just wanted to, um, at the top of the show, kind of address how I'm feeling um, and uh, address um, this subject because I think it's important for people to hear. And also, it is important for you to express that feeling if that's um, a feeling that you uh, have as well. Um, so... Without further ado, here is this week's question to you. So, how do you guys deal with your depression and anxiety? Um, do you guys have any tips for me? Because literally what I do is pull the covers over my head and wait for it to stop. <laughs> and it, it it's like when I do have to leave the house, like, for work or whatever the case may be. I'm, it's so bad now, I, like, literally am um, considering calling out of work tomorrow um, if it's not better uh, by tonight or by tomorrow morning. Um, I, I, it, it, I it, it, there is a strong sense of dread that comes with leaving the house when I'm in this state. And I don't know what I'm fearful of or what I'm anxious about, it's just something that's within my body that just feels like it's being weighed down by a uh, like ton of bricks. So, um, how do you guys deal with anybody out there who deals with anxiety? Uh, anybody out there who deals with depression? Uh, what is a healthy way that you guys deal with that? Um, please send me emails into the email address at helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com. Let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. Let's have an open dialogue. Um, about this because uh, mental health and mental stability is super duper important for all of us um, and not just for all of us particularly those of us who are um, black and those of us who are black men <laughs> um, and you know those of us who are dealing with this on in secret in a lot of ways <laughs> not me like I said I talked about this on the show um, I can talk about where I think it comes from, but, um, I, it's, it's a lot of, it's just, it's, it feels like a lot of, like, pressure that I put on myself, and then in doing so, I somehow fuck things up in my life, I don't know, like, I, I, I overwhelm myself, and then I get overwhelmed, and then I don't do things properly, and I shortcut things and that sort and you know and it's all an effort to get back 
to my four walls and shut the door and pull the covers over my head and, and hide um, faster. Like I, I <laughs> um, so um, I, I will say that um, <clears throat> the, the downside to having um, for me anyway to, for, to, to having a, a prolonged anxiety attack attack like this is that I also have psoriasis and so the stress of the anxiety attack um, causes flare-ups of my skin so uh, on top of um, being extremely itchy all the time and you know scratching myself in my sleep and bleeding all over the place um, uh, that that causes uh, that that triggers a depressed feeling like I, I'd get depressed uh, about the skin flare-ups and about the, the itchiness and the lack of sleep and all that stuff, and then the anxiety comes and on worse. Um, so I, I know a lot of you out there are saying, "Hey, you work in the uh, marijuana medical marijuana industry. Why don't you just uh, go smoke some weed?" Well. It's not that simple. The hoops that you have to jump through in order to get your card and the money that it costs to get the card and pay the doctor and stuff. It's just a lot of money I don't have right now. So I have to do the best with what I can. And what I can do is pull a very heavy blanket over my head and make it very dark and, um, you know, sit underneath it for hours and watch YouTube videos until my phone battery dies. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it's a fucking awful feeling. Um, it, it really is. And I, um, want to, uh, know how you guys, what's, what's some of your coping mechanisms? What, what do you guys do to escape or to deal? Are you guys, uh, anybody out there medicated? Like what's going on? Um, anyway, Thank you for hearing me out on this subject. Um, and oddly enough, the next seg segment coming up is a segment that I have not done in a while. It's called Hear Me Out. Next. We're going to take a quick break. Braxton uh, from her new album Sex and Cigarettes and this is Hear Me Out um, so <clears throat> this is a, a strange album for me because um, I uh, but only because I think that it's more it has less to do with uh, Tony Braxton's um, you know actual personal life um, and was written from the perspective of a woman who is being done wrong by a man and is leaving him unless Birdman is out here fucking up. Um, but last I heard they were about to get married or whatever. If that's the case, then she threw this album together in about 10 days, I guess. I don't know, but it, it's, 
I, I can't get over how amazing Tony Braxton's voice is still to this day. That track was called Fuck Out of Here. Um, and she's basically in the song saying, you know, I'm I'm a superstar. What, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're about to lose, you know, badass chick, blah, blah, blah. This is Tony's uh, Lemonade, except a lot less inspired and only eight tracks. So my main problem with Sex and Cigarettes is that it's really good, but it's very short. Um, I, it's, it's, however, a solid uh, work. But you can blow through this in the time it would take you to watch an episode of, you know, Martin. It's 30 minutes. Um, but I think that's probably the state of music right now. Um, it's very sort of mixtape, uh, you know, EP or LP. I can't remember which one is the short one, but like that sort of culture, that's what music is now. But Toni Braxton is a legend. If she put out an album of, of 13 or 14 songs, I would listen to every single one of them, um, personally. Um, but she's never sounded better. Um, the album artwork is, is very sexy. Um, the first track on the album is called Deadwood. Um, I really liked it upon hearing it the first time. Um, it, it's, uh, and it's got sort of a, uh, you know, old Western, like, t like twang to it a little bit. It's not a country song. Um, but you can tell that it's called Deadwood, uh, being inspired by the television show. Um, Sex and Cigarettes is the second album, a second uh, track on the album. And don't come home smelling like sex and cigarettes. Don't come home and getting in the bed smelling like sex and cigarettes is what she's saying in this song. Um, I I I like this album. I really do. For, I, I really it, I I did not find an occasion to skip a song on this album. Her voice is uh, even better than it's been in previous works. Because Toni Braxton does this thing uh, in some of her albums where it's really hard to understand what she says because she mumble sings or sings through mumbles or whatever, and it sounds really pretty. But it's like, girl, what did you? What? What was? What? What was the whole second verse of that song? Um, I still don't know all the words. So you're making me high. It. I just don't understand what she's saying a lot of the time, but. Um, She's she's nailed it on this album, um, and it isn't going to take you long to get through. So if you have you know a, a half hour commute to work, or if you are trying to plan out you know a thirty minute yoga session or something like that, you can definitely put on this album. And by the time it's done, you'll be done. Um, but like I said, the songs are, the, the artwork on the album is very sexy. The songs are not as sexy as the songs. It's very much mostly a breakup album. <laughs> um, and I'm waiting on maybe the deluxe edition to get like, you know, maybe three or four more tracks out of it, if that's going to happen. Hopefully that does. Um, but I recommend Sex and Cigarettes. If you guys haven't heard it, um, please go and stream it on whichever streaming service you use or buy it. <laughs> Maybe, if that's a thing that people can still do with albums. Um, but Sex and Cigarettes is great, you guys. Go give it a listen. Support Tony Braxton. Support, you know, R&B.
All right. Uh, it's time for I don't know her. Um, so this is just going to be one, and it's going to be real quick. Um, Eagles of Death Metal frontman Jesse Hughes uh, needs you to come right on over here and sit down. Um, just put your hands on the table so I can see him, though, because because first of all, what the actual fuck were you thinking? Attacking on social media the survivors of the Parkland shooting. Now, anybody who doesn't know, um, Eagles of Death Metal um, uh, played a show in 2015 in Paris um, that was um, attacked. Um, there was a mass shooting and like 89 people died. Um, having survived that, <laughs> you would think that any like rational and compassionate human being would do their best to lend support to not just people who survived a mass shooting, but to children who survived a mass shooting. These are children. Again, these are children who were in a place that they had to be because you required by law <laughs> to be in a school unless you're homeschool um, so essentially they're herded into a building like cattle and then someone walks in and opens fire on them I'm not saying that that's any uh, worse than people being killed in a nightclub but it's the same thing it's people being herded into one place or people being in one place whether they had to be there or by choice and it's somebody walking in and firing a gun at them that is horrific but it's it's more horrific that these are children so he I guess he's deleted his post now but that's so stupid I, I, I here's the deal people if you post dumb shit on social media don't bother deleting it somebody's already screen capped it and then somebody's already written a story about it it the news cycle happens so quickly nowadays that you deleting a post even if you delete it within the first 20 seconds of posting it somebody's already screen capped it there's somebody or some people on earth whose job it is to follow assholes and screen cap every single thing that they do within the first 20 seconds of them posting it um, but you dumb fucks are too uh, stupid to A not post it and also B not delete it fast enough so that people don't screen cap it and then write stories about it so you deleting it doesn't delete the damage that it does so I would like you to understand that words live forever so Jesse Hughes I don't know you because you talking to or talking about these children and in particular young Miss Emma Gonzalez who has spearheaded um, the spearheaded the, the the movement for change and uh, and been at the forefront of it at the very least she's been at the forefront of it along with other students and uh, along with people of color along with teachers 
along with all the people who want to see a, a, a reduction in, in, uh, into gun violence, um, who were directly affected by it. You, you, you called her the awful face of treason, survivor of nothing, lover of treason, and you told her to enjoy her little moment because it's about to end. So here's the deal, sir. Um, you could have used your platform to do the same thing. You survived a shooting um, where 89 of your fans died. 89. They were gunned down in a nightclub. When all they wanted to do is come and see your shitty band play that your shitty music. And all you had to do when that happened was step up and be a man and say, listen, this is a terrible tragedy. It doesn't mean that uh, speaking out against terroristic violence doesn't mean that I am anti-gun. That's it. If you're not anti-gun, then that's that's okay. You can be anti- you can be pro-gun, but you should be anti-terrorism. So you talking to these children as if walking out uh, the 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 walkout protest that they staged at their school was just an excuse for them to have a day off of school it's completely disrespectful to those children and you can't disrespect children or you can't disrespect these high school students because they're younger than you or because they're children because they actually went through something that was that is going to um affect them for the rest of their lives and not just affect them for the rest of their lives it's going it's going to shape how they proceed with the rest of their lives. It, it's completely changed their futures. And for those who died, they don't have a future. And you saying what you're saying about these children and about their their friends and allies is uh, itself treasonous. You are a survivor of nothing and a lover of treason. And you're the awful face, the awful face of treason. You, sir, are an ignorant asshole you go on to say some other dumb shit Donald Trump will be our president for seven more years we'll see and there are only two genders I I didn't even want to address you when I got to that part but the reason why I did address you is because I refuse to uh, allow an adult to talk crazy shit to teenagers, to children who went through something so horrific and decided to stand up for their fallen friends and their fallen classmates and the families of those friends and and classmates because you fail to see the importance and the impact of these children, of these people who are not old enough to vote who are trying to make changes and care about their lives in a way that I don't even think my generation did. Um, you're a piece of shit and I don't know you and I will never, ever, ever listen to an Eagles of death metal song unless they replace you with somebody who's not a fucking idiot. But you get to do and say whatever you want to say um, because it's America, right? 
First Amendment and all. Um, the next time you decide to open your mouth, though, maybe make sure that the things that are coming out of it are not uh, completely idiotic. And maybe the next time you decide to open your mouth, uh, don't. It's real easy. Shutting the fuck up sounds a lot like this. We'll be back. All right. Uh, Escambia County Commissioner Doug Underhill. Come right over here. I need you to sit down um, because this is going to, this is a running theme um, of uh, stupid uh, old privileged white men. I need to talk to you. Um, so you made a Facebook post. It reads as such. Good morning, all you marchers. You are wrong. My gun is not your problem, and my rights are not your business. Your fears and your hate are very are a very real danger to our Constitution. You're literally spending your Saturday demanding the government take away your rights. Pathetic. So this is why you need to suck a bag of sick dicks. Because no one's asking <laughs> to take away your guns or your rights. What we are asking is for more comprehensive gun control. Uh, what what people are marching for is the rights to not uh, be uh, shot in the back in a nightclub or uh, shot at school or shot uh, 20 times in their backyard uh, because a police officer thinks they're armed or shot in a car um, after um, informing a police officer that they are a licensed gun carrier and that there is a gun in the car or uh, I don't know uh, shot while walking home um, just because you're wearing a hoodie um, shot um, as a, a kindergartner and a first grader because you went to school um, I could go on but you don't uh, you don't get that and and the problem here is is that you and a lot of other conservatives uh, uh, me uh, uh, old white men uh, privileged white men I'm gonna say it privileged white men uh, see anybody opposing your right to shoot a gun indiscriminately as uh, a <laughs> affront to your liberty which is not the case now there are two sides to the March for Your Lives rally. There are the sides that want to get rid of guns and that want to get rid of um, gun ownership. I think that's a little extreme, uh, but I am all for stricter and more comprehensive gun laws. That doesn't mean that no one. That doesn't mean that people don't want you to own a gun. I personally would not like for you to own a gun as a black person because I feel like you're the kind of white dude that would shoot somebody. Um, but and by somebody I mean me as a black person. But I I don't understand why why you would uh, be so apathetic to people who have experienced gun violence and tragedy behind uh, gun violence um, just maybe shut up maybe shut the fuck up maybe you don't know what you're talking about because um, 
you've never had a child murdered at school. Uh, you've never had a friend killed in a nightclub. Uh, you've never had a family member or a friend gunned down by an overzealous, quote-unquote, uh, community watch person. You've never had your son or your grandson shot 20 times in your backyard uh, for holding a cell phone. So there's nothing wrong <laughs> with people wanting and marching for more comprehensive and, and sensical gun laws. I mean... You have to damn near sell a kidney and your firstborn to participate in a medical medical marijuana uh, program here in Florida. But it's real easy to get a gun. Like, it's super easy. And no one's going to take your gun away from you as long as the NRA is around and as long as you know, rich, old, white Republicans are running this country, your guns aren't going anywhere. So for you to say this was very unnecessary and, and, and it just adds to the problem. If you had anything intelligent to say, then you should, probably should have instead of saying what you did say. Um, however, and I've heard very eloquent uh, explanations as to why people want to keep their guns from gun owners and from people who are protectors of the Second Amendment or whatever. I don't agree with them, but they at least didn't insult anybody. Um, you're a piece of shit. Um, but, I mean, you're from Pensacola, so I don't know what I expected. Um, not, not that the people who live in Pensacola are pieces of shit, but I get that Florida elected officials are hard to deal with in a lot of ways but look at it like this uh mr underhill uh, when i start um when you start marching in the streets <laughs> to uh put an end to same-sex marriage or start marching in the streets to uh put an end to uh, I don't know, black people uh, and brown people and being black and brown. I, I, I feel like um, I'm able to say the exact same thing about you, except it makes sense. I don't know. Your, your rights are not my business and my rights aren't your business, I guess. But we'll see the which way you vote if you're dumbass president decides to try to abolish same-sex marriage and tries to enact you know transgender bathroom laws then we'll see whose rights aren't whose business but until then you can fuck all the way off and I hope you fall into a very deep hole we'll be right back So the first kind of uh, uh, first response to something I said, 
I said back in episode 13, I got a question about white flight. And um, this is Kaylee. Hey, Kaylee, what's up? Uh, Kaylee says, hey, Eddie, uh, I am a white female. I'm 42 years old. Um, I live in Brooklyn. Hey, all right. I don't necessarily agree with your thought that white people are gentrifying certain neighborhoods. I think that what happens is that we decide to find places that are more culturally diverse and in an effort to be a part of those communities and to broaden our own horizons, we move in. Now, the fact that the property value goes up um, or that the prices of property goes up as well doesn't really have anything to do with white people, quote unquote, white people. Um, white flight is quite different, but I appreciate your answer to that question. Thanks, Kaylee. Okay, Kaylee, so you just said what I said. So what do you what, girl? Thank you for listening to the podcast, first of all. Um, you're, you're, you're amazing. But you just repeated what I, I what I said, except that you said that it was the opposite of that. So that's fun. Um, it it it's <sighs> gentrification happens. It's not like people are it, it 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 does push people out of their neighborhoods and it prices people out of their neighborhoods. And it's usually the people who get pushed and priced out of their neighborhoods are people of color. Um, and when those people of color leave, there is no contingency. Or there, there is not. There's the, the the culture and the soul of the neighborhood is not preserved. It's it's done away with, and then it's or it's homogenized some sort of way, and then it's um, you know the, the the it's turned into what makes white people comfortable. That is gentrification. You can't say that's not happening in Brooklyn. You can't say that's not happening in Harlem. You can't say that's not happening in uh, certain places in Atlanta. You can't say that that's not happening in certain places in Tennessee and Alabama. Like, it's happening. And it's either evolution or it's an attempt to erase black culture and Latino culture and Indian culture. Well, not so much Indian culture. Indian people are... Indian people are uh, right up there with y'all and Korean people. Um, Man, that might have been racist. Um, And call me out on it. But what I will say is that when we are pushed and priced out of our neighborhoods, it is people who do not look like us who are doing the infiltrating. It is not the black and brown people moving into white neighborhoods and opening black businesses or Latino Latino businesses. Uh, It is primarily white people asian people uh doing it and that's not to say again i'm not saying that uh, gentrification doesn't have to be horrible as long as the people who are moving into the neighborhoods respect the people who live in those neighborhoods and respect the culture of the people who live in those neighborhoods and really do decide to integrate into that culture and learn and provide goods and services that are respectful of uh, the people that live in the neighborhood. Um, it, when you decide to, you know, go into a neighborhood, 
uh, an open uh, an Urban Outfitters, go into like a black neighborhood and open a Starbucks and an Urban Outfitters and a Whole Foods and all these things that um, do not lend themselves to uh, shoppers of an econo- of a certain economic status, then you're gentrifying a neighborhood. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, thanks for thanks for responding, Kaylee. I just I don't agree with you um, that that's not gentrification. hundred percent, it is. Um, but and, and, and technically, you agree with me, but you just tried not to for reasons unknown. I guess to be contrary. <laughs> anyway, uh, but thank you for your response. Alright, next email. Actually, um, this is an update uh, from uh, Samantha. In episode 14, she wrote an email um, uh, stating, um, you know, that she, her boyfriend thought she was childish because she had so many stuffed animals uh, and that, you know, she was immature and overweight and just talked shit about her. So she says, hey, Eddie, uh, thanks for reading my email. Um, your your words were very encouraging and I found the strength in myself to uh, leave my boyfriend. So we are no longer together. Um, the breakup was, uh, the breakup was hard uh, on both of us, uh, but I made it a point to make a clean break and focus on, um, focus on my life. So an update, I am working full-time. I no longer have two part-time jobs. I am moving out of my parents' house and into a house with my best friend. We are, uh, we have lived together, well, she, we're going to be living together um, starting the month of April. So you guys are awesome, Samantha. Congratulations and congratulations on dumping your boyfriend. You go on to say that uh, you ended up anyway paring down some of your um, some of your stuffed animal collection, um, but that you're still working on your weight. But you are in no rush to be anyone's uh, standard of beauty. Uh, you think that you are? She, she says, "I'm not rushing to be anyone else's standard of beauty." I am beautiful all on my own. I will focus on being more healthy, but I will not lose weight to please anyone else. Good job, Samantha. Yeah, uh, fuck your ex-boyfriend, dude. Like, what a fucking douchebag. I mean, there's ways to be supportive, but, like, if you're going to be critical of somebody because you think that their self-esteem is in a place where um, it's, you know... like that's encouraging for them or maybe it's a controlling thing for you uh then fuck off don't treat people that way uh you're doing a great job samantha keep it up and uh make sure uh, that you whenever you enter into your next relationship if you enter into a next relationship uh make sure you do so with somebody who cares about you and cares about um more so about you being healthy than beating you down or anything like that so Kudos to you, my friend, and congratulations for moving out of your parents' house, and congratulations on the new job. Um, I bet that <laughs> I bet that bitch is on Instagram right now, just like, oh fuck, <laughs> I fucked up. 
So, but that's, you gotta show them sometimes. Sometimes you gotta show them they fucked up. But just never go back to that motherfucker. He deserves to date uh, somebody with uh, ashy toe knuckles. Um, no, fuck that dude. So, next email. Um, hey, Eddie. Um, in episode 15, uh, you... Sorry. In episode 15, you spoke about Mark Saling, the actor who played Noah Puckerman on Glee, and his suicide. I just wanted to say that suicide is not a joke. It is not funny. Um, and speaking ill of the dead, it's tacky. Shame on you. Um, you should be you should show a little bit more respect uh, to people who are suffering from mental illnesses as you stated that you do uh, Doreen okay hey Doreen uh, first of all um, I didn't say anything that wasn't true about Mark Sailing and I'm also not I, mean, I said what I said there we go I'm really not going to try to defend what I said I said what I said and anybody who participates in the victimization uh, physically or sexually uh, physically, sexually mentally, verbally uh, of children um, get no love respect or sympathy from me um, if one of the parents of the children who were in the child porn that was on his computer are one of the parents of the children who he most certainly abused uh, had gotten to him before he'd gotten to himself, I would have had the same feeling about it. So while I respect the fact that people have mental illnesses and I um, believe that mental illness is something that should be... Uh, it should it should be treated as a disease and it should be, and, and it should be treated the number one um, thing about that is that it should be treated and that you should be on your own um, cognizant enough of your uh, mental disorders or have people around you that are cognizant of them enough to um to, to help to help you get help if you can't help yourself that's what this podcast is about for me I needed help I needed a way to um, talk about my money issues talk about my job issues talk about my depression talk about uh, my anxiety talk about um, all of those things all of these things um, and so I got I, I decided to ask for help and that's what this podcast is about um, however, Mark Salem didn't do that and he gave into his base um, sort of nature and decided to, instead of stopping himself in his tracks and going, uh, this is a sickness and it's a mental illness and I need to get help for it, he decided to indulge himself. And so for that, um, and because what he did victimizes children, I do not at all feel sorry for him and I never will. And same thing goes for, you know, Subway Jarrett. Um, hopefully he is in prison taking someone's subway up, up the pooper right now. Um, 
I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, Doreen. I don't care. I, I, I will never, ever, ever sympathize with a, a, a child molester or anybody who victimizes a child in any way. So uh, I still don't know Mark Sailing. And um, yeah. All right, uh, this is from Fatima. Uh, Fatima says, hey, Eddie, um, I have heard I heard in one podcast you uh, speak or give advice to a person who uh, was looking to hire a sex worker. Um, I do not believe in sex work. Um, well, it's not a myth. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's not fiction. You don't have to, you can't not believe in it because it's real. Anyway, uh, I don't believe in sex work morally. Um, it is against my religion. Um, and uh, let me stop you right there. Let me stop right now. Didn't Jesus hang out with thieves and hookers? I, <laughs> Fatima, I see where this is going. Um, you say, uh, sex work is um, morally degrading and it's degrading to uh, the women and men who are involved and also uh, it's sexual slavery it attracts children um, and or children are kidnapped and uh, made into sexual slaves Uh, alright Fatima so I am not talking about sexual slavery. Sex work and sexual slavery are two different things, uh, in my opinion. Um, I can't speak to your morality. <laughs> I won't speak to your morality. That's something that belongs to you and those around you, your family or whomever it is that you decide to impart with um, your moral code or imprint your moral code onto. I, I can't. I can't talk about that but what i will say is that it is highly 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 judgmental of you to uh denounce people who engage in sex work as a means to uh pay their bills or feed their children or put themselves through school or to in general not uh be destitute (laughs) um sex work is not always you know the glamorous call girl or you know the porn star or all that stuff like and a lot of times that sex work is you know uh, it does involve the girls on the street um and the gentlemen on the street uh or and there is a there is a shred of dignity that you lose in being a sex worker but if that is what you choose to do to survive then I'm not going to tell you that you are, you know, morally uh, corrupt for it. Um, what I will say is that please make sure that you are protecting yourself and your partner, um, both um, in the sex act and physically um, in protecting yourself. Um, in, in saying that, I, I don't have to go to my job with a switchblade and a pack of condoms so I don't judge anybody who um, decides to engage in sex work as a profession um, because 
while everybody deserves to, no one deserves to have to do what you call degrading yourself. If, but everyone deserves, you know, food on their table, living in their belly. Um, and everyone deserves, and all parents deserve to provide a good life for their children. And sex work also, uh, for me, includes, you know, exotic dancers and strippers and that sort of thing. Um, it's, it's, it is people like you who assign a, uh, assign a, a moral code to it that makes it for, that, that, that makes it this thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't speak disparagingly of sex workers, um, for that reason. They deserve as much respect as the next person. And hopefully for some, some sex workers, it is, um, a, a means to an end and, and not something that they plan on doing as a career for their entire lives. Um, because it is dangerous. It is, you know, it's dangerous. Um, so I just don't stand in judgment of people who do that for a living. I, I, I would never do it. Um, but, uh, that <laughs> no one wants to have sex with me anyway, so it's fine. It definitely, it, it, for fuck sure, not going to pay for it. Uh, so, <laughs> So, um, I mean, thanks for your insight, Fatima, but I, I'm, I'm not going to put sex workers down. I just don't think that it's, uh, I, I, I don't think that that is morally correct. All right. Last, uh, last email. This came from the. A young man who is still anonymous, whose uh, pastor um, uh, annoys him. <laughs> um, he's in recovery, and um, he um, gets asked by his pastor um, if he skips a Sunday or two uh, if he is back on drugs. Um, so he says, "Hey Eddie, uh, thanks for reading my email." Um, you are right about a couple of things um, and wrong uh, about one. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I have been... Uh, uh, recovery is an ongoing process for me. I've been uh, clean and sober for about a year and a half. Um, I... do... I was not the type of person who stole from people um, or anything but I did disappear for days and days at a time um, and I see now that when I do miss a Sunday or miss two Sundays uh, why uh, my pastor or people other people in the church um, are a, a little concerned I, I'm still a grown man I'm firmly inside of, of my recovery process and I but I am still a human being and I still require and, and crave space. So it's while it's still annoying, your answer to me gave me a little insight on how on my pastor's 
your answer gave me an insight on my pastor's thought process and how he views me. Thanks again. All right, cool. Sorry, I was yawning. All right, cool. Um, Well, I'm glad that you had a chance to kind of see it from your pastor's perspective. Um, I I hope that you actually talked with him and that you guys came up with some sort of resolution. Um, uh, You do need a support system in the recovery period. And it's just, you know, um, but you also need to communicate to people when you do need your space and your alone time. Um, And maybe they don't think you need that. Maybe they think that's not healthy for you. Uh, but then, you know, make sure that you're able to, uh, um, a big part of the recovery process is being, uh, regimented and having each, uh, part of your day, um, filled with, um, filled with, um, positive activity and, um, and I'm losing the word right now. You just want to make sure that you're doing things throughout the day that are going to help further you along um, into your integration into your community, basically. Um, so, you know, schedule time, you know, uh, for if you're in the church, schedule time to go to Bible study, um, schedule time to, you know, volunteer with if, you know, your church has like a, you know, Little League baseball team or something. Or, or if, if there's like a men's basketball league or whatever the case may be, just schedule like, you know, extracurricular activities for yourself outside of work. But in that also schedule alone time. If you are not the type of person who will be triggered by said alone time. Um, but it's important for you to have that alone time to be able to reflect on your day and to reflect on and to, you know, sit down and journal or write down your goals or whatever the case may be. So you can't always be under the thumb of the people in your community or your pastor um, because it's not healthy for you. Like you still need to think about and plan out your future. Um, so I, I would encourage you to you know, have that conversation with your, your pastor just about you needing and requiring alone time and, that you're not going to be showing up to church every Sunday <laughs> um, because maybe you hit the work the night before and you're tired. Um, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe in you, buddy. Okay, friends, that's going to do it for this uh, anxiety uh, and depression-ridden episode. Uh, <laughs> I apologize for uh, my mood, um, but um, really uh, doing this episode, um, uh, getting out of bed uh, was hard, and doing this episode was hard, and um, you know, I'm not really going to know how I feel until a little bit later. I, I just know that it's... Um, important for me to um, do things that are um, positive through through these feelings and and try to um, come out on the other side of it um, you know feeling better but 
it's not always the case, and a lot of times I um, un am unable to um, like even be mobile. I, I, but I, I'm glad I got out of bed. I'm glad I got an opportunity to uh, uh, talk to you guys again. I'm going to get back into bed and pull the covers back over my head um, and uh, watch more YouTube videos until I pass out. Um, the podcast email is helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com. The Twitter handle is hyhm underscore pod. And help you help me podcast uh, on all the other socials. Um, you know, uh, like I said, guys, I want to, uh, you know, start this dialogue about anxiety and depression. Uh, and if a few of you out there have psoriasis, how does it affect you? Because it, it's not good for me. And it hasn't been for 10 years, but whatever. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Um, still uh, planning on releasing the, uh, uh, the newly titled podcast project to my first 10 Patreon patrons. So guys, find me on Patreon. It's Help You Help Me Podcast. On Patreon, you'll get to listen to some delicious uh, episodic short story podcasts. Um, anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening again, guys. Um, I ain't got to sign off because I don't have sign off. Bye. <laughs>